What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Inquisitive Minds. Today with me, I have a very special guest, DeMarco Thompson, who is a musical composer and an artist. And he has he is Ethereal Delusions, and he has a band called Holy Shannon. What's going on, my brother? Welcome to the show, man. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Glad that I ran into you this summer. I me too. You were dude. about one of two shining lights at Surplus while right. I was there. <laughs> that that job, man, that was uh, such a shit job. It was kind of a shit job. So I wanted to ask you, man, how did you get into music? Originally? Yeah, originally. I guess. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I'm getting over a cold still. I got my love of music from my mom. Um, my grandfather was a. He was not a professional. He wasn't. He could play music. He could play the accordion and piano really well. Okay. Um, but, you know, growing up pretty much before, I don't know, before elementary school, basically before I could, like, I had, like, enough knowledge of music to make my own choices what to listen to, I just listened to whatever my mom did. And okay. she's crazy eclectic. Like, she loves classical music, so we listen to a lot of classical. She loves Led Zeppelin, so we listen to a lot of Led Zeppelin. <clears throat> yeah. She loves... Uh, like calypso music and reggae and so i listened to a lot of that you know so i had a really really varied background listening wise yeah and then <clears throat> i had i started singing i think i was seven or eight maybe in my church choir and i sang for a while and then you know when i was nine my parents bought me a digital piano and they tried to get me to learn and I just I don't think I was ready but knowing how stubborn I am like if I didn't want to do it I wasn't going to do it yeah so I didn't really like piano a whole lot so I didn't do anything but when we moved from Alabama to Indiana in middle school I played started playing clarinet in my school orchestra and I played that all the way through freshman year of high school and I just had the world's shittiest band director like he was a complete asshole yeah and so that that honestly like ruined my love of playing music. I didn't play music for, I don't know, two years maybe. And, oh, sorry. When I was 16 or, I think I was 16 for Christmas, uh, my parents bought me a, a guitar. And so I started learning guitar. So pretty much from 16, 17 until I was about 20, 23 almost, I think. Yeah. Um, it was just me listening to music, learning guitar, playing guitar, which I'm still not very good at guitar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's but a it's a hard one. instrument. It really um, is. You know, just just learning to play that and in that time man, I I got stuck in a musical rut, man, when I was a teenager. Pretty yeah. much all I listened to was like indie rock. Really? And I was super obstinate about it that I was like indie rock is the greatest and nothing else. That's so bizarre. It was weird. When I was a kid, I went through these phases, right? So when I was probably fifth grade through seventh grade, pretty much all I listened to was country music, which is really weird looking back. I mean, I always liked country <clears throat> music. My, like, my parents love old country music. Like, yeah. The first concert I ever went to was uh, Garth Brooks and the Judds. Oh, there you go. Which was a fucking great show. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I listened to 
mostly it was like pop country. So it was still when country music was still kind of good. Yeah, you it's know? really gone downhill. Well, it used to be actual music. It had roots. It was based in folk music. It was folk music. So, but I'm like when I'm I'm talking like country music. Like I listened to like Garth Brooks and Toby Keith before the boot in your ass thing. Okay. And then after that album, I kind of stopped. I did see Toby Keith live once, and that was a fucking great show. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, surprisingly. But you know, like like Willie Nelson, Garth Brooks, Waylon Jennings, Waylon Jennings, uh, Alan Jackson, like the greats, like really great musicians and songwriters and artists. And now country music is just a parody of itself. It, it really it's is. so fucking stupid. Do you know who Wheeler Walker is? I've heard the name. I don't think I've heard his music. He is. I think he's from Kentucky, and he does comedy uh, music. And he's just pissed off because he's like the heritage of this music has gone. Yeah. So it's like little protests is to make song like eating pussy and kicking ass. Yeah, like, I feel like, like I feel like if country music had followed like its its classic roots, like with uh, like Hank Williams, where it was like. It was like, because I think a perfect progression is looking at Hank Williams, then Hank Williams Jr., yeah. and now Hank Williams III. Yeah. That it's like, Hank Williams Sr. was like old school, big 10-gallon hats on hee-haw kind of country music. Yeah. And then uh, Hank Williams Jr. was like the rock, finally, you know, the rock show went to country. Exactly, which was nice. Which was, was cool. Really, yeah, was that really was like, cool. it was great. And his music, music was really good. Still fantastic. And now Hank Williams' music is like... It's super weird, super experimental, but still has that kind of folky, like, authentic kind of feel to it. Yeah. That I feel like that's where it should have gone, but it got so big and so co- corporate. Cor- that's the problem. Do you know Do you know who Sturgill Simpson is? I don't think so. You should check out Sturgill Simpson. There's a song called Turtles All the Way Down. It's about <laughs> drugs, sex, and rock and roll, which is what yeah, country used to is, be about yeah, as well. Yeah, it was. Fuck, Johnny Cash was Oh, yeah. They all, all drugs. They all. I mean, it's it's very interesting because the artists are also corporate and commercial. And they, you, I don't really feel like uh, white America. Yeah. <laughs> That's not well, I, mean, I member, don't know but, why. But like, can connect with that. It's yeah. more of a, most of these people aren't blue collar, or, you know. It's, I mean, have, having lived... I've lived in a lot of, like, I've I've lived, I'm definitely not one of those, like, worldly people, but in a way, I kind of am, at least when it comes to, like, the American experience, I feel like. Yeah. Because, like, I was born in the West, I lived in the South, I lived in the Midwest, I've lived in Wisconsin, which is not the Midwest by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, snap. Who, what, what would you call that? Wisconsin but... is its own beast. Wisconsin <laughs> is as much its own place as Texas is its own place. What? Okay. I've never heard this before. Oh, I'm absolutely. very, very intrigued right now. So, like, not to go off too much of a tangent, but we I guess are, this show, are, this show are, is a tangent. Yeah, we are on a tangent. We will get back. We will answer that first question. But By the way, you probably cut this out in post, but you might want to move your mic just a smidge closer. I don't even worry about it. Yeah. yeah. There you right, go. Okay, right cool. There. Sorry. The engineer. The anal engineer. Sound me. engineer. That's yeah. all good. <clears throat> so, but you know, I don't. the definition of the Midwest is so nebulous. Like, I feel like, to me, the Midwest was like, Iowa, Nebraska, Illinois, Wisconsin, you know, Missouri, maybe Indiana, but that's kind of stretching. And I always thought Indiana was the east. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, having lived there, Wisconsin has such, it's so, so cliche to say, but it's very authentic. You know, it's like, it's, I always tell people Wisconsin's like Oregon without mountains. So it's, they have, like, it's it's all about, like, like they're very serious about local first. Like, okay. the most popular beer in the state, you know, besides PBR, probably, because um, it's cheap, is um, 
uh, New Glarus Brewing. Okay. They do not distribute outside of Wisconsin. Really? No. And if you when you go find Spotted Cow, it's this like farmhouse ale. It's incredible. But yeah, they don't they don't distribute outside of Wisconsin, and so they you know but so that's just kind of like the mindset. It's like it's very strange. It's in the Midwest, and you would think it would be like the Midwest, just very very not backward but very like classical very conservative yeah but wisconsin is probably one of the most progressive places like progressive in like classical progressivism senses yeah which i mean i'm not wholly down with but you know that's what they are like madison like fucking the socialists run madison and really it's totally cool yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've always wanted to go to Madison. Like when we first spoke, you would be ranting and raving about this, and I've ran into some other people. Uh, it's actually there's helped. so many people here from Wisconsin. There are a lot of people from Wisconsin. My drum instructor is from, I think, uh, from Madison. Oh, really? Yeah, it's insane. That's I, I see. And I think that says something that this is it's similar enough to Wisconsin that because like like so when I said that they're like Texas. Yeah. Texas is like was its own country and probably still should be. It's a, it's not a state; it's a republic. No, it's a republic. Exactly. Which is, I mean, it's that's fascinating. Yeah. And it, well, we're not entirely sure we you know, should join. It's like the well, it's, it's too. It's like California; they're a republic. N- really? Yeah. I did not know that one actually. Yeah, and they well, and I mean, so if Max, I am like, we'll come back to politics. I'm yeah. sure. Oh yeah. I am at the core an anarchist, so I don't believe in government. Okay. I, we yeah, we'll get there. I love yeah. that idea. It's crazy, but. Max, if you're here, we could have Googled this. Yeah. So Max had to take the day off today. Oh, no worries. That's shame on him. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go get to see him on another episode. No, you'll definitely see um, it. But, but so... So back to Wisconsin. Like, so <clears throat> Texas, it's its own... It was its own country, yeah. right? Still probably should be. But it has its own, like, distinct, defined local culture. And within that statewide culture, there's the local local cultures, like yeah. the regional cultures, like... East Texas is way different than West Texas. Texas oh, yeah. North Texas is way different than South Texas oh, yeah. or Central Texas. <clears throat> um, Wisconsin's the same way. Wisconsin's a, as well smaller, so it's a little bit more uniform. Yeah, but it's definitely it's like this cool mix of like Polish, Eastern European, German, and like Nordic culture. Nordic, yeah. So like so it's extremely Catholic or extremely Lutheran. Like it's pretty much one or the other. So, like, every Friday, whether or not you're religious or not, there's a fish fry. And you go to the fish fry, whether it's Lent or not. That's amazing. Yeah. Beer is, beer is like, the national drink. Like, everything, especially, like, my experience is mostly with Milwaukee. Milwaukee has its own distinct culture, a lot like Portland, that it's, like, super artsy, super culturally progressive, not necessarily politically. But there's, like... There, you know, out in the suburbs, there's chain restaurants. Yeah. But when you go into Milwaukee proper, like downtown especially, there's a whole district downtown that's like an arts and fashion district, and it's just full of local restaurants. Like, there's some local chains and some local restaurant groups, but you don't find, you know, the the like your typical big chain restaurants until you go out into like the urban sprawl kind of part. Yeah. So, yeah, it, like. New Me- uh, not New Mexico, um, Minnesota is kind of the same way that they have their own culture, but it's way different than Wisconsin, but close enough. You close know, like enough, Wisconsin, yeah. I feel like Wisconsin is more German, and Minnesota is like Norwegian, Swedish kind of thing. That's very interesting. Yeah, we are all totally off on because the 
love I love this. I love we're, the. We were on what country? Music? No, we were on country music. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna bring this back to how um, you know how you how you got into music. So okay, so I got stuck in these ruts, like I was saying. Like so, country music for yeah. years. That was all I listened to, and then I heard Block Party for the first time, okay. and I fucking fell in love with Block Party, and went from there. And there was a period in high school, probably. It was from when I started high school until I started playing the guitar. All I listened to was either pop music or indie rock music from England. And that was it. And they're like, I'm not, I'm talking like, I kind of like homeschooled myself through high school. Okay. So I would sit and do my work at my computer and listen to BBC, like the live stream of BBC One Radio, like every day. Okay. So I kind of lived like. I don't want to say I live British music culture, but like that was what I looked to. That was what I listened to. Like Britpop and stuff. Yeah, Britpop, like Lily Allen. Okay. And, um, not Kate Moss. What's her name? Kate Nash. Okay. Stuff like that, you know, and Block Party and all. Like, so I started with indie rock and then I started listening to other indie rock bands. But then I never liked metal, like heavy metal. And then I started to play the guitar. And I don't know what clicked in my head, whether it was like understanding how to play the guitar and so i would listen to heavy metal music and it would just be like oh my god this is so so technical and so it's structured not, so structured so classical and z- exactly because that, metal is it's it's the continuation of classical music essentially yeah, exactly it's incredibly well, structured even, and even complex more than that, like so i started playing guitar and i had this incredible instructor his name is daryl hunt like you should look him up dmh music works okay he's an incredible guitarist he's an incredible composer he writes like his like his inspirations are like Mikko Alkerfeld and Stephen Wilson, you know. That's Opeth. I know, yeah. Right up my alley, baby. Porcupine tree. Okay. You know, so I was really lucky to have him as an instructor. So he was like a huge like influence, like almost like a musical mentor for me. Okay. That he helped me. That was like half of our lessons. Was like two thirds of it would be. You know, okay, here's this tab. Here's how you play it. Now practice. And the other half of it would be, you know, talking about music and him being like, you know, do you like, you know, you're starting to get a medal. Have you ever heard of like Nightwish or something? And that like, I went down a hole. Like there's a whole genre of metal called, um, it's it's like a subset of progressive metal, okay. Lycopeth, called symphonic metal. Okay. That's like, imagine opera with like heavy bass and guitar oh that's pretty cool that's it like it's it's pretty much they're like five piece heavy metal bands that have an opera singer it's 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 like and and my mom who's a huge opera fan loves progressive like symphonic metal i didn't even almost more than me really yeah because she like she listens to it and she thinks of it as like it's like it's like the next evolution of opera it's like where opera could go or should go yeah i mean in all honesty that's that is so bizarre but so I did that and then I got in, um, you know, I always kind of liked hip hop and stuff, you know, especially coming like when I was like 12 years old listening, like, like the dirty South hip hop, like Ludacris and T.I. and Little stuff John like that. And the Little East John, yeah, the yin exactly. yang twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I used to like them and then I never really listened to hip hop, you know, after that. Uh, and then when I met my wife, Rhonda, she was way into hip hop. So she kind of pushed me to start listening to it more. And right before I met her, I actually, Found, like discovered Childish Gambino. I love Childish because Gambino. Because I used to watch uh, the show Community. Okay. And somebody's like, did you know Donald Glover's a rapper? And I was like, oh, okay. I'll check him out. And he's fucking awesome. He's he's incredible. Yeah. He's I a saw genius. Him, I got to see, we saw him, so we had been dating for three weeks, I think. 
and it was right at my birthday. Rhonda bought me tickets, and we drove to Nashville and saw him right before camp dropped. No way. Yeah, and I was like, if you're a Donald Glover, I was right here in the crowd. Wow. It was so, so like three feet away. Yeah, it was so fucking awesome. Wow. Such dude. a cool that, and, and then pretty much from then on, I love hip hop, and especially now, like I love trap hip hop. Is like stupid as it is. It's sort of up your alley though with yeah. the, the beats and stuff. Yeah, and I've I've come to start like I used to like hip hop, but now like the influence that my music gets from hip hop, especially when it comes to percussion, is insane. Yeah. But so you know, so I went into hip hop phase, you know, listened to pretty much only metal and hip hop, and then now I've started listening to more and more and more stuff, um, and then I think it's about two years ago I started producing music myself, just playing around because. My brother-in-law had been making music for, I think, since he was like 18. And he had uh, FL Studio. And I'd seen him play with it, so I decided to get a copy. So I got a copy and just kind of started playing with it and got some sample packs and just put, like, loops together and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it became, like, a hobby, but it helped me rediscover my love of, of, like, playing music. Okay. And that, at that point, I went... I actually went to the I was I wanted to go to the hip hop festival they had at OSU a few years ago. And I actually ran into the guy that's one of the instructors in my program. And that's when I met him and they were like, Yeah, we have a music production program. We're all musicians, but we teach you how to be an engineer and stuff like that and before I'd gone to OSU I kind of had gone through this <coughs> quarter life crisis kind of thing. Yeah. Trying to figure out I wasn't in college, I dropped out, my business was failing. So it was just like I don't know what to do. You know, I need to make money and I need to, I want to do something. And I thought about trying to move places to do like, cause I loved listening to podcasts, you know, yeah. and knew that I wanted to do something with audio, but you know, there was nowhere that I could find that had that sort of program. And I just kind of, I came here as a, uh, what's it called? The, it's like one of the interdisciplinary studies Okay. that's like, you make your own major. I can't remember okay, what it's called. Yeah, yeah. And then I became a fisheries and wildlife major. And got into it, and it was super interesting, but realized that, like, I could graduate with it, but I would never, ever use the degree. Like, I never wanted to work in that field. Oh, really? Yeah. And so then I started looking around, and I, I met this guy, and I was like, I think I want to do this. And so I took about a year, and just, I took some classes in fisheries and wildlife, I took some classes with the music degree, and I took some classes in kinesiology, and... What pushed me over the edge for music was that the kinesiology program, they were changing it because I thought if I was going to do that, I would want to be a strength coach or a personal trainer kind of thing, like a practical application. Yeah. And I was told that they were rebuilding the major to be more of like a, like a like occupational therapy, physical therapy kind of thing. And they were getting rid of kinesiology in the sense of like coaching, and they were getting rid of uh, athletic training almost altogether. Mm-hmm. And that's all I wanted to do with it. So I was like, well, I'm going to do music. So, you know, I went into music kind of like, you know, to get me through school. You know, I could graduate with a degree and then just figure out whatever I wanted to do afterwards. Yeah. But there, we had this one day that it was a, a workshop where they had somebody from the Grammy Museum come. And there was about 40 of us, I think. And he broke us into groups of producers, musicians, singers, all kinds of stuff. And we all had to write a song within eight hours. Write, record, mix, master everything. And that day, I had so much fun. And I realized that it was just like, this is what I'm meant to do. Really? Yeah. It was, just... it was just It was just this like epiphany almost. 
and then from that point on I have been so driven like I never wanted to really try in school and I'm so driven I'm so ambitious that I never really realized like I'm out to get paid and I'm gonna fucking do it yeah so what now what you said you had a business before I didn't know this about you what was your business then well I think I think you knew that I used to be super unhealthy yeah and really big right so she didn't know that oh yeah when I was I was always kind of like a pudgy kid but not like fat you know Mm mm-hmm and then when I became a teenager, I just blew up. Like I was two hundred and eighty pounds at one point. Okay. At like two hundred eighty pounds at like five foot nine, so I was like borderline obese. Probably technically definitely obese. obese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, and I, I I I had a lot of health problems as a teenager. Like I just I would get sick all the time, and it would never be like anything big. It would always be like ear infections, sinus infections, colds, and stuff. They figured out when I was. 14 or 15 that I had this really strange virus that the only way to heal was to take yourself away from everyone. And like, cause so it just, the, it, they quarantined you. No, they didn't quarantine me. Like it, it lowered your immune system just enough to make you susceptible to things. If you were in like large crowds. Okay. So like I went to public high school with 2000 kids. Okay. So I started homeschooling and that turned out to be that. And then from there I saw an endocrinologist and she did, a liver lipid test because okay. I was like we were just trying to figure out why I was so big because I'd been sick and she was like you're borderline type 2 diabetes if you don't change you're probably going to die by the time you're 45 whoa and I was like okay so from that point I got so obsessed like I started working out like I started like on the elliptical doing like an elliptical for like 30 minutes four times a week yeah and then I moved to running and then I just ran like crazy and then I started weightlifting. And I got from probably the time when I was 17 until I was 21, I lost 125 pounds. Oh, wow. And, I kept, and I've kept it off and replaced it. Like, I got down, I went from 275 down to 145 and then started building myself back up. Okay. And so I'm at, like, about 200. Right and now. I'm still putting muscle on. Yeah. But, um, where am I? I'm lost now. Oh, it's all good, man. Fuck. <laughs> no, we're fine. We're fine. We're just... We were, oh, oh, oh. No, I was I, talking I, about your business. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So my business, like, I guess I have to preface... I'm extremely pedantic, so I'll go forever. Well, you worry it's about like it. made for radio. Um, my business started as me losing weight. And I had, like, you know, so my dad's a football coach, so they just give us clothes like crazy. Mm-hmm. So my, jo- my, my business started as an eBay store of me just being like, well, I used to be fat and I'm not. I can't so wear the same clothes. Your clothes yeah, online. I started selling my clothes just to buy new ones okay. you know, that fit me. And I started actually making really good money, like selling nice like Nike clothes. And I had some like, you know, nicer like Armani stuff. Mm-hmm. Just not like anything crazy, but, you know, and selling it for really good money close to retail, actually. Yeah. And just flipping that into clothes and then after the point where i had a wardrobe it's just like it's still coming you know and then there this whole huge situation happened at purdue that my dad and the whole strength staff got fired and so the way d1 coaching works especially like at that level so what your dad was was he head football coach or he was a strength and conditioning coach okay okay at purdue all right yeah so he coached football track women's basketball and baseball okay those were his teams gotcha yeah yeah and every season, every team would give him a box of clothes, like Nike clothes, brand new and Nike clothes. he would just clothes. sell it. 
and he got so fed up because everybody, especially it was Morgan Burke, and I'm, I will fucking name check this asshole. <laughs> Morgan Burke was one of the worst athletic directors I've ever seen. They scapegoated my dad and the other strength and the two other strength coaches. Yeah, yeah. And said, "Oh well, the football team's terrible. It's because of these guys. Get them out of here." So he was so pissed off and so so angry that he had twelve years. Where he would only maybe pull like one or two things out of these boxes because yeah. he would just wear what he had. Yeah, exactly. Twelve years of brand new, unopened Nike team gear, and he was like, "I don't fucking want this. Take it." Sell and it. you were just like, and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so I'm like not paid for like two hundred dollar Nike rain suits, selling them for like one hundred seventy five dollars. Like oh yeah, left and right, all this shit. I made a killing. And then in two thousand eleven. Because what the market fell in '08, yeah, and it didn't really hit retail, at least for me, online sales until '11, and so that dried up, and it just cratered, and I just couldn't do anything. So that was at that point I was kind of thinking of going back to college, mm-hmm. and so I decided I would go to Oregon State because when I was in high school I looked for college credit classes online, and remember they had eCampus, yeah, yeah. So I did eCampus, met Rhonda. We moved with my parents to Milwaukee when my dad got a job at UW-Wisconsin. Lived there, got married, and then moved out here. There you go. Yeah. Wow. So that was my business. Yeah, I didn't know. No, I had yeah. no idea that that yeah. was what you did. It was really it was really great because my parents were just like, you can live at home. It's no big deal. And so I you didn't... just live in the high life. Dude, just I, I was a 20, 19, 20-year-old 20 kid, not in college because I fucking hated Purdue. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I was just making money hand over fist, like building computers and buying guitars and buying like nice clothes and shit it was great it was so fucking cool and so i want to get back to that because that was fun and it was nice yeah you know so i want to make money making music and art well i don't see why not you're also an artist so Mm -hmm. you you do what do graphic design correct uh it's called technically i don't know what you call it it's like <laughs> there's this genre of art called glitch art that's okay like you take a digital it's all digital okay you take a digital file and you break it on a code base level into like when you get good at it you can manipulate the image and break it the way you want to make it look a certain way and i've gotten close to that um but basically like you can see on my poster the logo yeah that's, right that's that was a picture of a woman standing by a river at okay one point. and then you just broke i did it. so many things to it and so How it's long like did that, that take you? That one, that took me about six hours of Jeez. just like trial and error. And like the um, actual image, I do it like, so I'll do, it, it takes it out as images like JPEGs. Yeah. And then I'll put it in, uh, there's an open source image editor called Gimp Shop. And I'll put it in there and I'll convert certain colors to transparencies and then I'll go in Photoshop and I'll layer them like 20, 30 layers until I get it the way I want. You know, paint over it and edit it and filters and stuff like that. I don't know how you find that. I think I would get so unbelievably frustrated doing that. There's something about creating, like, for me, it's like a catharsis. Yeah. It, like, you know, like, some people have, you know, alcohol. Some people have weed. Some people have books. I've got music and art. So, like, when I'm in a bad mood, like, I wrote a song a few weeks ago. I had a really bad situation happen with a gig. I was just so pissed off. It was the angriest I had been in years. And I wrote the happiest fucking song you've ever heard. Like, it sounded like it was out of Sonic the Hedgehog. You know? Is this, no, is this, do you think, I wonder if that's, I wonder if it's your brain trying to, so you, yeah, you want to get to a happy place. So you want the opposite. You're feeling anger, like, you know, I love music. Music makes me, it's like a coping mechanism in a sense. Like, it's a, 
That's very interesting. Yeah. The, the brain fascinates I've got, like, me. I've got mad ADHD. Yeah, me too. And like, you know, anxiety and a little bit of, like a touch, everybody's got a touch of depression, but you know. Yeah, man, that's that's a weird that's, thing. That's, and, and that's, you know, that that's how it goes. That it's just, that's that's helped me. Like I have been, like I was super happy when I met my wife, but then, you know, after we settled into our relationship and we got married, I went through a period where I was just absolutely lost again. Really? You know, because I went through some, like, deep depression when I, like, when I dropped out of college. Okay. And, you know, and I was doing my business, everything was going well, but I was just so lost, I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, I knew I didn't want to live at home, but it's like, well, I don't want to fucking move out because I'm not making enough money to live on my own. Yeah. And I, you know, I sure shit don't want to live in Indiana, you know. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. No, you don't want to. It's so, a pretty racist state from what I hear. But anyways... You would not believe... I lived in Alabama, right? Yeah. The deep south. The deep. The dirty. And, like, in the south, they have this... It's, like, still that weird institutional racism. Yeah, like, everyone's separate, separate. Everybody's yeah. separate, but, like, when they, when people interacted, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, you know, it was You had like, your outlier assholes that were complete rednecks. Everyone was, like, civil, like, sort Jesus of... Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how many times I've been called a kike. What? Or a Jew... Or a fucking, like, dirty Catholic or something. In Indiana. In Indiana? Indiana is the single most... Well, Indiana was the birthplace of the KKK. I did know that. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Also, it doesn't surprise me that they're, like, way up Donald Trump's ass. <laughs> but, you know... With the same token, Hillary Clinton's a fucking racist, too. But. Oh, my goodness. We're not going there. Well, we might. We're we might. Going. We probably will go yeah. to politics, unfortunately. But we're going to try not to. Hashtag so, don't vote for anybody. Uh, uh, no, Gary Johnson, bro. Can't do him. He's an idiot. I know. I can't do I him. I tried. I tried. I loved him when he ran in 2012. What about Ron Paul? Oh my god. Ron Paul is the shit. Dude, don't you dare. I miss Ron Paul. All right, good. Ron, we dude, were about to be beefing. Dude, dude, I wish you could see my bookshelf. I have all of his books. Really? Like, He's a he brilliant. He was my man. like I had always been like kind of like polit interested in politics and be like like man, you know, I remember when I was like 12, my mom and I were talking about something and I was like you know, I just don't understand the government. They do everything wrong. Why don't they just stay out of it and let everybody handle their business? She's like, you're a libertarian. And I was like, oh, so that's what that's called. I need to quit having libertarians on my show. <laughs> I really do. Like, well, I, I okay. mean, I've done I'll seven, take, seven. I'll take, you, I'll take you one farther, right? So I was a libertarian. Ron Paul came out. That was the first election that I, was, I voted in. Yeah. So I was like, I was like I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to vote. I was like that super eager 18-year-old kid who wanted to make a difference. I campaigned for Ron Paul. I went to the state Republican convention as a delegate for Ron Paul. Like, I was all on Ron Paul, and then I just saw them steal the election from him. Yeah, that was Systematically. Just like the Democrats did to Bernie Sanders. Not right? asking him I questions. Mean, not... I completely disagree with Bernie Sanders on probably 80% of what he does. But he got screwed. So He was a good man. He was, yeah. I mean, he's principled. I'll give him that. He's principled, and foreign policy-wise, to an extent, he's not bad. But you get... To monetary policy. Well, you couldn't do math. No. Well, he's a socialist. Yeah. So. <laughs> but. I have so many. <laughs> I just, I can't, I'm so, every, uh, everyone, not everyone, I've had some, some very liberal democratic people, and I, right. I see liberty, I can see eye to eye with them mm -hmm. on a lot of issues, but it's just the, the friends that I've made or the, the conversations I've, I've sparked up, it's just, it's, it's now becoming evidently clear I, there's a little bit of a biased and inquisitive minds, it's, like, towards well, the libertarian I mean, it's not, it's view. Not that I just feel it's like not we're that right. Well, it's not that you're biased, and, you know, I'll go to bat for the libertarians. Libertarian Party's a fucking joke. Yeah. I liked, when they ran their primary, 
I loved uh, John McAfee. He was fucking crazy and fucking he was, creepy as well, shit. He was. He was mm, right though. Monetary wise, there's a documentary fantastic. about John McAfee. I'll have to watch that. It's uh, it's not good. No, <laughs> it's I pretty so. dark. But I mean, he's a politician. Anybody who's a politician. I feel Wait, like. no, I think I'm thinking of the wrong guy. I think I'm thinking are. of a, m- m- uh, the computer. Uh, yeah, that's McAfee. McAfee. Yeah, yeah. You, like he moved. Yeah, yeah. He moved uh, to South. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah are we yeah. talking about the same person? Yeah, we are. Yeah, no, I it's dark, dude. It's dark as. Balls. That was kind of like he was. I was borderline. I loved him, or he was a murderer. I wasn't. He sure. was a murderer slash drug dude. He he just wanted to go to the kinda, dark side. I like him. I don't know. I don't know. So well, that's I mean, who I yeah. like. Okay. They picked Gary Johnson. Now I I voted for Gary Johnson when he ran uh, as the Libertarian against uh, in Obama's re-election term. Well, okay. I voted for Gary Johnson. I, I didn't campaign for him because I you know, didn't see the point. But I did vote for him, and everything he said, I agreed with him. But this time, I, I, I don't know. It, he doesn't... Well, first off, the Libertarian Party chose Bill Weld, Bill Weld as his vice president. Bill Weld's not a Libertarian. He's as much a Libertarian as Bernie fucking Sanders no. is. He's like a hardcore establishment republican governor from massachusetts yeah so republicans democrat yeah. yeah so that was like so that was like okay i don't like that but i'll look into it and like you know when gary johnson like i watched a debate and they were like you know if a gay couple goes to a bakery right yeah bakery refuses to bake them a cake are they within their rights are they assholes absolutely Bake them a fucking cake. Who cares? But you shouldn't be forced to bake them a cake. It's it's, a privately owned business. You have your own thing. Everybody said, it's a business. They can do what they want. They own it. They can ask them to leave. It's their right. Gary Johnson said he would make them, he would write a law to force them to bake them a cake. No, see, but that's the the antithesis of what the party's about. Exactly. That's the antithesis antithesis of libertarian philosophy. Exactly. Is to use the government to force anybody to do anything. Exactly. Or to force anybody, period, to do anything. So, wait, you said you were an anarchist. What what is that? I mean, I know know what that is, obviously, but like. after After Ron Paul happened. You know, I went a little bit deeper into like philosophy, okay. political philosophy. Seiko and Vincetti. I don't know if you've ever heard of Benjamin Tucker. Can't say that I have. You should look. And he was a, they called him, uh, he was an anarcho-capitalist. And he was a, a oh, what do you call a volunteerist? Oh, I know exactly what volunteerism yeah. is. Yeah, so that's that. kind of where I fall is 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 an and cap volunteerist so you you think taxation is theft Absolutely. and all okay i understand i know where you're at yeah and i think I, we I, all I, do i'm too. gonna appreciate that you'll understand who will build the roads after if that happened you're not gonna say well who will build the roads we you all know. will we'll all do it if you want to build if you want to pay for a road you'll pay for a road if you don't want a road you'll fucking walk <laughs> you know that's how it works it's your goddamn choice like it's a, that's a, i mean that's a little deep i love but you know what i that's what this show's about yeah. is whether I agree or not, uh, you have the right to express your opinion. And, but see, and people that's need the to problem hear these, with politics. Yeah, people need to hear these alternative points of view. Like, I want the craziest ideas on this show. Yeah. You, you know, I... I don't. I, mean, I don't think cra- it would work. It's I don't, not. It's I don't not crazy. It's, it's it's basic logic, but it's also not mainstream. It's not mainstream sense. exactly. But see, that's the thing is that that's the po- the problem with politics is like people like to talk about like the Democrats or. You know, far left and the Republicans are far right. They're not. If you look at an it's actual the same politi- goddamn thing. Yeah. If you look at an actual, everybody thinks like the Democrats are here <clears throat> and the Republicans are twenty feet to the right. Nope. When in reality, they're both right in the center. Right. When you look at center. actual political philosophy outside of American Republicanism. No, I mean, not even philosophy. Let's look at action. Just yeah. look at action. Bush. 
we need less government. What did he do? Expanded the, the government, government under and the he killed brown people and exactly. And then Obama, Obama we did. we're gonna get we're gonna get out, and then he steps up drone strikes and increases and the amount of troops. Starts killing even more people. Yeah, it's 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 all the same it's damn thing. Bullshit. That's why like that's why I like people like. like when I when I tell people I vote for a third party, like you're wasting your vote. No, no I want I'm, another fucking voice, dude. Yeah, that's that's a, what the vote's I hate, about. I, hate I want that. another voice. I an ulterior an ulterior thought process. Thing. I hate that when people are like, "Oh, you're not going to vote for you. You're not going to vote for Trump." And I'm like, "No, I hate Trump. He's an asshole. He's a, he's a racist megalomaniac. Like, who's the next Benito Mussolini? Like, he's a fascist, and he's said this." But then they're like, well, you're going to vote for Hillary because you don't want Trump to win. I'm like, no, I'm not going to vote for fucking Hillary. She's probably killed people to get where she is. She's as incredibly You're on dirty. that train. Dude, there's a... a I know. I've looked just, into there's, it. There's, there's a trail of bodies that follow both the Clintons and the Bushes. The Bushes and the Clintons are the same thing. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying. It's, but I, I, I look at it from a different point of view. Okay. So this is a crazy yeah. one. Let's well, say, I, I, let's... Do want, I do want to say, the one big problem... Nobody listens to anybody else. Yeah. They all think they're fucking right. Like, yeah. I know that, like, my philosophy, I personally think is right because it makes basic logical sense to me. Okay. But I will listen to a communist. I don't agree with them. I'll listen to a socialist. I don't agree. I'll listen to a progressive. I don't, I I don't would, agree with them. I, but I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, but I want to hear. The chances the only are, way that you learn is yeah, to hear other viewpoints. Exactly. And the chances are, I bet we might find one peculiar or particular thing that we find in common. Right. And let's extrapolate on that and see yeah. where that road exactly. takes us instead of just being like, F you, dude, I don't yeah. want to hear it. You yeah. have to listen. Yeah. You, by, by all means, please it can't hurt you mm-hmm. are you scared of maybe you're wrong i don't know but um i think i look at hillary and i i respect her yeah. i mean to the to if she she it's is as devious and as yeah. crazy as some of these as, as a lot of people are pointing her out to be and mm-hmm. she's kills me the intelligence supremely intelligent mm-hmm. woman absolutely and i mean that kind of i mean i don't i don't know you what it's have like that to kind be kind of lust for power and that drive for power without being incredibly intelligent and, and strong will i mean that i mean maybe that's the qualities of a leader i'm not saying i'm she, going i'm just I saying will, i will say this does that about make hillary sense, clinton. yes absolutely i will say this about hillary clinton i do not agree with her politically i don't like her personally i don't know her personally but from her public persona i and what i've heard of her and her actions i don't i don't like her yeah but if anybody who's running for president, she is the most presidential. I think she's definitely the but most presidential. That's the problem, is that the presidency has gone so far from what it was originally intended to. It yes. was originally intended to be a figurehead with little power at all. Yes. And now the presidency is basically an elected dictator who can do whatever the hell they want. Yes, yes, yes. I would, I would agree with with you on on certain points of that. Definitely. So, you know, while we I may go, not like her, I do respect the hell out of her because the amount of strategy, the oh amount of no. intrigue, the amount of the intelligence, the tactical knowledge. Because, I mean, I've been, I've been following her for a while. And yeah. after the Benghazi incident, I, I mean, I, I wish I would have went on record. I was like, she'll be back. Everyone's like, no, yeah. she's done as a trust. Yeah. She's going to go into hiding. You're not going to hear a word from her. Yeah. Unless sure they, enough. And, that, and that's the sad thing. Is I want to see her go down so hard. That oh, would make me so happy with this email thing getting opened yeah. again.
Yeah, we were talking about free. You said brings brings it back to free market. Free market capitalism. Are you fam? Yes, absolutely. Real free market capitalism, though. We do not have free market capitalism right now. I would agree. This is cronyism. This is fascism. The definition of fascism, the intersection of large corporation, government, and military. Control. Yeah, yeah. This is fascism. This is not like your military fascism like you had in Italy in the 40s or like in Nazi Germany. Like That was socialism, technically. But it's your book definition of fascism. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely... It's, it, we live in interesting times, man. Um, I think that's the goal of, this, of my show. Yeah. Is just to... Uh, for people to open up their minds and realize, like... There's, there's a lot of cr- there. there's there's a lot more out there than your standard job. There's this world is I mean I I I like to take it because I spent a long time in a in a really dark kind of state just mm-hmm. researching crazy things and learning like that everything and not everything that I learned was a lie but the vast majority of what I've been told either wasn't true or just when you uh, start reading history not from the victor's perspective you yeah. start to actually learn history yeah exactly. That was really powerful, and but there's a, there's also like, I'm part of the problem. The only thing I can do to, to affect change is to change myself, vote with mm-hmm. my dollar, mm-hmm. and and you know. And that's as powerful as someone becoming president, and it's actually arguably more more powerful. powerful. But no one seems to quite understand that point. I think that's because I don't want to sound like a douche, but to understand economics, you have to have basic logic. Yeah. People lack basic logic, like causality pattern recognition and stuff like that yeah yeah when so public schools right used to be taught like what what's the most classical you think the most intelligent people in the world right you think mathematicians you think scientists historians philosophers everything was pattern recognition and that's what schools taught is if you can recognize a pattern you can understand the system yeah then you can use that pattern to manipulate the system and create or do whatever you want Math is a, is a pattern. Yeah. You know, it's a certain subset of patterns. Science, any kind of science is a pattern. Basically. When public schools changed fundamentally, I believe in the 40s, right around World War II or the Great Depression, when it, somewhere between there. So, uh, I think 30s, have... somewhere late 20s to, yeah. the, to the early well, Henry, 40s. yeah, the, the rock... Well, I don't want to get... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, not yeah, going yeah, down no, that road. I, but anyway. I know that road. It's yeah. a dark one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they changed their school system from the like classical thinking and classical teaching to the Prussian system. Okay. So Prussia, as I'm sure you know, since yes. you're a smart man, but if you're not, you don't know, that doesn't mean you're not smart. Ignorance is not stupidity. It's just a lack of knowledge. Prussia was a military dictatorship, I believe, or a fascist state in the sense that the military controlled the government and it was all about conquest, right? Yeah. The Prussian system was the school children were taught to obey, to follow orders, to make them into good soldiers so that they could go into the Prussian army and the Prussian army could conquer. Yep. That's what the American uh, education system to, uh, modeled itself after was oh, the Prussian the, system. The Germans. Yes. The, <laughs> the Germans. Germans. The bad side of the Germans. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so everybody is taught not to think. Everybody's taught to follow orders. To follow orders and to always get... That's my problem. They don't teach people how to think. They teach them what to think. They think they teach you what to think in schools. And, and I definitely get that sense uh, when, you know, when I was in school. Just 
taking taking tests and everyone is they're looking for a specific answer there's no you're not really allowed to think outside the box and if or you do you're you're, you're wrong I, I i distinctly remember definitely marking the wrong answer just because i was like i don't the right yeah. the quote-unquote right one is wrong i was like i just don't like that no. and i i just i never really cared about grades I yeah. cared about retaining the information that I thought was prudent that I could apply yeah, in my so life. Did I. So did I. Um, the rest of it, like I feel like grades are a trap. I that's feel like a classical mark of intelligence, like not in the modern sense, but in the classical actual being an intelligent human being sense. Just an old soul, bro. Yeah. No, I was born thirty-five, and I get older every year. <laughs> that's right. I've never heard that. And I like, like I said, like you said, there everybody, every intelligent person has that one moment that they can look to where they like they realize this is all bullshit what i'm learning or what i'm being taught yeah you know i had that moment when you know i mentioned that i was i was really sick as a kid in high school because i didn't follow the rules because i didn't get good grades my teachers hated me but a lot of times i'd be out of school for three weeks at a time come back and pass a test and make them completely irrelevant and they hated me for that okay and i got into trouble because i got health problems right they wanted to kick me out of school and send me to the alternative school where they sent the kids that were... And my, actually, my brother-in-law went through the same situation. He's an incredibly intelligent person. Yeah. You know, they wanted to send me to the alternative school where they t- they sent kids who were like one step away from prison. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And my parents were like, fuck no, that's not... <clears throat> he's not that type. He's not a problem. He's not a troublemaker. He's just smart. And no one wants to see that. He's not smart in the way that you want people to be smart. And so we actually had to hire an advocate, attorney... To actually, we almost we almost were borderline going to court to sue my school system to let me have my, like, guaranteed public education. Oh, wow. And we finally, we killed them. We fucking made them our bitch. It was awesome. They, <laughs> they bent over and they were like, we will give you whatever you want just to make this go away. There you go. So I basically homeschooled myself through high school. Oh, chill, dude. Yeah. I made up, <clears throat> going into senior year, I was a year and a half behind in credits. And I did that entire year, in a year and a half of credits in two and a half terms. You just pieced out. Yep, I was just like, "Fuck you guys." And I was done. Like, did you? Did you even walk for your high school? I did walk okay, because good. That's my parents a big made a deal with me that if I didn't walk, I didn't get a laptop. Ooh. So my grandma came and everybody came. It was cool. Playing hardball. Yeah, that was if if they hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have walked because I was just like, I'm going to college. I'm just sticking it to the man. And it's like. I don't care about high school. High school is bullshit. I still have a lot to learn in college. Yeah. And I think that's why I wasn't so successful at first in college because I went in with this mindset thinking, man, college is going to be so much different. It's going to be people. They're going to want to learn. It's not going to be any of this petty, clicky bullshit. Get to college. It's exactly the same as high school. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck this. And so I kind of floundered for about two terms and then I dropped out. <sighs> that's brave though. Yeah. Well, I was, I'm very lucky. I have... Two really intelligent, really uh, supportive parents who want to see me do well. And they know that, like, because my, my dad is, he's never been diagnosed, but he has the exact same things that I have. Yeah. My mom has anxiety, too. She probably has ADD, too. I don't know. ADD, I struggle with ADD. I had it explained to me when I was uh, diagnosed when I was a little kid. It's this doctor's weird, like, like, you have, umbrella you have, term. He's but... like, you have caveman genes. So when back, this is how it was explained to me. Right. I have no idea if this is scientific or not. Probably not. This a little eight-year-old. He's like, when, you, when people were cavemen, you were running around, 
checking out everyone, seeing if anyone's a threat. You may have been the leader, and you just wanted to make sure everything is all right. So that's and that's a problem now because you have to sit for eight hours a day, which is totally unnatural. So they give you riddles. Yeah, well, yeah. they try. Yeah. I could see, but I was I. My mom. I mean. She, she, I don't know. She kind of she gave me Ritalin, but I, mm. I, I just told her I can't do this. It's like so I don't like this. No. I was able to communicate to her that I just this, I was like a zombie. Mm-hmm. And then that's it, what she every, just everybody she just that couldn't I've that, that has ADHD that's taken Ritalin. That's exactly what they said. Yeah, she just couldn't watch her. You know, her child yeah. like just be so unhappy. So I never took it. Floor. I never, yeah. I never took it again. And and it's it's. It's not so much that I was like a bad student when I was, you know, a little kid. I was actually pretty, pretty good, but uh, I, I just was, didn't give a shit. <laughs> I yeah. just didn't. I was like, I would much rather be outside. I'd look outside and just be like, I'm all I wanted go to out do there. was play sports and yeah. play video games and do things that were like interesting to my brain. Yeah. Made me think. Like, yeah. I don't know. If I ever have kids, I think I'll pull them out of school yeah, and have, travel with them yeah, and have them read have books kids, and write have, me reports and that, stuff. And see, that's Rhonda in my plan that we have this idea that we'll graduate, we'll work for a while, save up some money, do what we want, and then we'll both like we'll just pack up all of our stuff that we want to keep in storage, have a home base, and then just have a kid and strap it on our back and go all over the place. That because, wouldn't be a bad plan. I mean, that's kind of like, not to such an extreme sense, it's kind of the childhood I had, moving. Yeah. And, you know, sure, I didn't make a lot of, like, friends, but anybody who's lived in one place and they say they have a ton of friends, how many of those tons of friends are actually friends? Like, you know, maybe you know 200 people, but yeah. probably only about maybe five or six are, like, good, do so, be there for you in a bad time kind of yeah, friends. Help you bury a body if you murder yeah, someone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I've lived all over the place, and I feel like that made me a very, like open-minded person i think moving moving from a, a small rural town to a larger high school yeah. when i was uh growing up was i was in i did that freshman freshman year excuse me i moved freshman year to uh, uh yeah sophomore year so mm-hmm. started sophomore uh, high school to went from like a 2a school to a 6a school oh, and that was the best thing that could have ever happened yeah i was so uncomfortable and I grew. Where, I, where were you? I was in, huh? Were you in, because you're from Texas. Right? Yeah, I was born in Texas and then right. moved up here. So I was in the Portland area okay. when this happened. Canby High School. Okay. Canby High School. Yeah. But uh, that, 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 that was very influential, like, I'm in sure my too, life. I'm sure, too, being, like, you know, not being white. <laughs> in the state you, of Oregon? Yeah, just anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would give you a, a great sense of kind of looking at culture and looking at experience from yeah. a totally different perspective. Yeah, completely. It's, yeah, I, 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 I've, I've came out on the podcast and, and said that I don't necessarily believe in racism. I know that's, that's ludicrous. Um, well, but the, this is what I'm, I'm saying, uh, how, how, how do you, can you clarify that? Clarify l- that this point? is, a, and, and it's not a good point. Like, okay, I guess it exists, but to me, like in my reality, it's just not real. Like yeah. it's either someone had a bad experience with set, a person of said color, mm-hmm. and they harbor that, and they're and it's fear that, that it's manifesting. It's basically, racism or, is fear of it, the exactly. Fear of Ex- the but if I were to, if I feel like if I was allowed to sit down or talk to someone, I feel yeah. that I could convince them that their beliefs and what they hold dear are complete malarkey. You know, you know I'm malarkey. Like, you know, I'm as I'm as like I don't I hate the term white because I don't fucking know what white is. Yeah. Because if you're gonna just say European, then sure, I'm European but I'm not from Europe. And I find it insulting to call people white 
because I know my culture. I know where my family's from. See, but you're lucky. A lot of yeah, quote, I'm extre- unquote, no, no, I'm white people lucky. don't know where they're. Yeah. We don't have it's a lot of culture in America. No, really. I mean, we, 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 no we do. No, but it's trash, though. Like, to an extent. Like, classical American culture is interesting, but, like, where we are now, it's even more backward than we were 100 years ago. So we don't really have a cuisine. No. Really? No, well, it's very there's bizarre. There's, like, the only distinct, like, the South. cultural cuisine is the South. In the South, yeah. And, but then everything else is a derivative of, like, the Northeast. It's all Italian food. Or the Midwest, it's all German food. You know, oh, that's true. Sausage and sausage, potatoes, stew. That's all German. Yeah. You know, it's like, <clears throat> I think too, like by far, definitely. I'm sure growing up as a black kid was awful, like, no, or, or tough, you know, but you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky that like, you know, like I said, I know my family history. It was great. Right. Yeah. And I so didn't it was, I, didn't, I didn't think it was bad at okay. all. I well, that's good. I'm up. glad. I had a lot of friends that like, especially in Alabama, like that, you know, grew up in the projects and all kinds of stuff. That was just awful for them. It's pretty soft out here in Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not all right. But well, I guess where I'm going is that like, I know my family history my family history on all fronts had some sort of a history with poverty yeah. or with government oppression, either through mostly through, well, either through genocide or through, like, invasion. So, like, I'm I'm Cherokee, right? Okay. My family's Cherokee, like, from Oklahoma before it was Oklahoma. Okay. I had family die in the Trail of Tears. So, I already have a distaste for the American government because they murdered my family. Okay. You know? My Scottish family, we were from the Highlands, and we were Catholic, and we were the Jacobites. We fought the crown, the English crown, for Scottish independence to have a local Scottish king rule Scotland. And then after that didn't work out, the crown started, it's called the Highland Clearances. They started murdering anybody with a Gaelic name. Ooh. And so our entire clan moved to Canada and then moved to California. Actually, my great grandfather was the only person from the clan to move to California. He was the first person. And then my Italian family came from Naples during the famine. And then my Lithuanian family escaped Lithuania right when the uh, communists came in. Wow. So, I I don't like government. And that just, is just so looking bizarre. At my, just looking at my family history enough is to tell me do not trust people in power, regardless of their intentions. There's a lot of, you see a lot of the trust today. Yeah. You know? That's, and that's why, like, this in, this election is, it's, it's, to me, it's like, I, I, I become such a nihilist almost, you know, <sighs> that like, I, I don't think it doesn't matter what, who you vote for. Like if I vote for Gary Johnson, he's not going to win yeah. because there's not going to be enough people who are going to want to vote for him. I'm not going to vote for Trump because I'm not a fascist and I'm not an asshole and I'm not going to vote for Clinton because she's the, the status quo, you know? Yeah. She's, I mean, she's, re- the realistically, death, she's, she's the embodiment of the status quo. 100%. But at the same time, Trump or Clinton, it's gonna get bad. What are your thoughts on Obama? Because I, you know, I've had a lot of like deeply conservative friends, yeah. and it's been interesting to see. You know, I guess uh, we're not that. It's not. It hasn't. I, I might miss Obama, and I'm like, that's. I mean, well, but see, that's all perspective. That's it 2020 is. hindsight. It At is. the time, they hated him. Every, I mean, everyone hated Bush. I loved it. Yeah, he did some good things he did more for aids than any other president yeah. ever did did you I know mean, that I did all not. president you look that all up presidents have their one pet project that they do really well i know it's so super bizarre you know, like what uh, carter had energy reagan had the economy 
you know, uh, Clinton had Monica Lewinsky, <laughs> uh, you know, and then Bush had, like you said, you know, I don't know what Obama's was. I feel like his was healthcare. And yeah. This is the first year that it's finally like full swing his system and it's a fucking mess and it's cratering before it's even started. The thing that I will say though, and I mean, and I always say this, and it's a defense. It's not a good defense, but mm-hmm. at least he tried to do something. Oh yeah, no, no. You know, like, and I feel everyone, I, and I and I can respect. I he I tried. Did, I didn't man. vote for him. I didn't like him. I didn't. I didn't fall for the hype. You know, the hope and the change and all that. That was just marketing. Yeah. You know, and I will give him. He he had. He was from outside appearances. He was you know, passionate about what he believed. He was principled and he did what he tried. And he he's a great speaker. Yeah, he's a great public speaker. He's a great figure. I think he was, I feel like he's a great representation of the United States. I do America. too. I think it's, it's, I mean, that's my opinion. I didn't buy into the hype when he was elected or reelected that everybody was like, it's going to be a disaster. He's the Antichrist. And it's like, okay, first off, tone the racism down because it was obvious to me at least that everybody was like a little wary, especially the people that were that vocal. Yeah. That it was like, all right, he's black. Maybe take it down a notch, you know. It's Satan. Yeah, no, that was ridiculous. I didn't buy. I didn't buy into the hype that I thought he was going to be great, but I also did not buy into like the like he's going to be incredibly bad. I figured he was just going to be exactly like George Bush, which he kind of turned out to be. I missed you, Dub. I would take George W. Bush over what's going to happen now. Well, and, I just you love twelve-year-old me would be appalled by that. I just love G. Dub because I just miss. I miss his uh, listen to him talk. Yeah. I miss the the Will Ferrell impressions on SNL. Yeah. Which I mean, the part of me kind of hopes Trump gets it just for that fact. You know, just all I, the comedy that would be produced if he was president. You know, looking back at George W. Bush, I can definitely respect the fact that it was obvious that he was a puppet for somebody. Dude, Dick Cheney is a genius. Oh yeah, Dick Cheney, his his dad, his dad's cabal, the Clintons, everybody. He was just. He was the he was the he was the idiot that they put up on the pedestal and he's like here you take the shit and he's like all right whatever <laughs> I get to go to Switzerland <laughs> you know like I'm sure he's a good guy I'm sure that he had absolutely no control over what he was doing and no one within their right mind would let him have that kind of control it was obvious to me that Dick Cheney was the one in control and vis-a-vis Dick Cheney just the major corporations which is exactly what Obama became because all of the same people that donated to George W. Bush donated to, to Obama, and the exact same thing is happening with Clinton. Well, the, the, what I will say to this is that's why uh, that's why I was a, loved Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. I was a one-issue voter, mm-hmm. money out of politics. In order yeah. for us to solve anything and to get anywhere, we have to eliminate right. that. Right. We have to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's I no other way. The only way, though, I think his... I didn't agree with his... I, I liked his method, and I liked his intention. I think his intentions were pure. To me, too. I think everyone... I think that's what happened with I the think movement. That's, is why everyone's he, like, that's why the movement has largely... I feel like it, it's kind of died, but not quite. I know. But uh, he lost me when he went to social... Because he's a socialist. And I just... Economically, I don't agree with that. Because it, it has never been proven to work in any any setting. You look at, I mean, I don't. I, I lived in Denmark. I know that's a socialist country, it's incredibly but it's 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 not. It doesn't have three hundred million people. No, it has five. That's, and see, they always talk about how um, what do they say? Scandinavian socialism or Nordic right. socialism? There's also not any division there. No, you look at like Sweden is like the the wet dream of a socialist, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how many? 
two million people, maybe two million people that are demographically nearly identical exactly. because the Swedes practiced eugenics for a hundred plus years. Did they really? Yes. I if you did look into not that, know they, that. They, Every country has its dark secrets. Yeah, theirs was selective breeding. That's, no that's way. Real, not really? Like, 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 like encouraged. Legit, Max, where are you? <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, I mean, I might be wrong. It's not quite like Margaret Sanger eugenics, yeah, okay. but it, it, it was a form of eugenics. We practice eugenics in the United States. We do. We do. What are you saying currently? No. Okay. In the past. Did. In yes, the past. We, we did. don't anymore. That I know of. But yeah, I wouldn't put it past our I don't think we would. I wouldn't we dropped weaponized government. mosquitoes over Georgia. Yeah, I know. I need to like put these links up on in the show you notes. A, you need, a, need uh, to do a show that. post. Hmm? I, need a show notes. Yeah, I do have show notes. Good. I just okay. for some reasons I don't know. I don't I think of these things on my I don't have to listen to this, play mm-hmm. it back. Yeah. And uh Remember, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not full of shit, people. This, this all this stuff has happened. It'll blow your mind. The truth is often stranger than fiction. And I will say, I know that the Swedes practice some sort of state-sponsored eugenics. Now, it wasn't like, you know, you, you now have a kid. It was more like through subtle manipulation that they did. And that's why the Swedes are like, they always talk about how beautiful the Swedes are. It's because they were like genetically designed to be that way. That's so creepy. Because that's a, I think that's a Nordic thing. That's where, that's why, when uh, the Nazis, their eugenics programs, right? Yeah. That's why they the were born. They, Is the, it the Lebensgram. Leben, yeah. Yeah. Then the in the the um, I don't remember what they called. Basically, like the the Hitler Youth kind of thing. Yeah. That's the Lebensgram. The Lebensgram. Yes. Yeah. Lebensgram. Yeah. Leben. The the reason they did that is Hitler was obsessed with blue eyes. Well, he was obsessed with blue eyes because of Eva Braun. Okay. That's why that's where they got the blonde hair blue eye thing. But he was obsessed that the Germans were the descendants of the Vikings and descendants of the Nordic gods. Okay. That's why if you look into the Nazis Well, they like, took Swedish women right. into that program. Exactly. That's, exactly. So that's what you're getting to, right? Right. Cuz I'm aware of and that. And too, and Hitler was way into the occult. What? Yeah, he was. What yeah. happened to those kids? There is actually a really is interesting... Is there a documentary There's an about? extremely interesting documentary. I saw on Netflix about a year ago. No. That it was it was called Hitler's Children or something oh, like that. Oh, dude. Or no, no, not Hitler's Children. Uh, oh, crap. Not not, uh, not the PR guy. Who was the PR guy? Goebbels. It Goebbels, wasn't Goebbels. Yeah. It was... Uh, it was Goebbels. It was, it was PR. Goebbels. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, it was, right. it was it called was... like Goebbels' Children or yes. something like that. That, that, that it's was... about the surviving members of those people, that the Lebenborn... That were born of you know Nazi officers and, and you know, Swedish mothers. random captured women, and then, and then raised jacked. by the state. Yep. Yeah, and about how just like how severely fucked they are. They're no like, way. Yeah. There's a few. There's probably a handful of surviving people still. Oh, I would love to Look, watch. I, that. I wish I could remember the I, name. You know, that's why the internet exists. But I, find it. It is a documentary, and it is extremely interesting. Uh, you know, not <laughs> talking about Hitler. Um, have you? I seen, haven't called you, anybody. No one's called Hitler yet. So the the you know the conversation is still relevant. This is true. I will. I will. I will raise you one, good okay. sir. There is a movie called Guess Who's Look Who's Back. Mm-hmm. And it is the premise, and this is very... I believe I know where you're going with I think I know this film. Oh, it talk about a mind F. Yeah. it's based, The premise is uh, Adolf Hitler comes back mm-hmm. in modern day... Yeah. Ger- okay, you have seen I, it? I haven't seen it, but I've heard, you heard of it. You have got to... Wa- it's, it, a, is supre- it is still 
that mindset, that nationalist mentality, and, and, and this is just a fa- yeah. Trump. Trump oh, is yeah. a nationalist. That was and this yeah, this is three years before Trump that this film mm-hmm. came out, and so this 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 fever that had like with this with Donald Trump like that kind of happened. Mm-hmm. In Germany, because he started walking around the street, it was shot in like a, a Borat style, mm-hmm. uh, like kind mockumentary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he was actually t- interacting with real people, but just stayed in character. Really. And he got Germans to say some incredibly racist things, and like, like, oh, you want these people out of your country? Well, you know what? I tried to do that. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should try. Well, and I mean, you see was... that. You see that same kind of mindset. Yeah, I think it's, it's coming from a different place. I think now. It's still a nationalist place. I don't know quite... I, I am not involved in the German culture, so I can't speak to the racism portion. Yeah. But you're seeing that now with the German government importing so many immigrants and refugees yeah. from Syria and Turkey and, and, and Iraq and all of the Middle Eastern countries that, to me, it's not that these people are sub-German. It's that their culture is so different it in is. a completely... Like I'm definitely, I definitely believe in cultural relativism. That yeah. each culture is its own culture. There is no culture better than another culture. But these people, culturally, is very similar to like medieval Europe in the sense of their like justice system and mm-hmm. things like that. That it's it's just completely incompatible with modern <clears throat> culture. That they throw all of these people and not and they don't try to help them integrate. They're trying to make the Germans integrate with their culture yeah which which is i mean you you, you should check out uh this a guy named thomas soul he's a, a yale professor um he has some pretty mind because he doesn't necessarily believe in cultural relativism relative mm-hmm. yeah relativism thank you yeah he doesn't necessarily he's like well you have to look at it is 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 genital mutilation mm-hmm. is that a, is that something that you would want in your culture i think what i mean by cultural relativism is i mean like custom wise yes. you know like I told just him. because like i'm italian you know we celebrate christmas we have all of like my like my ancestral cuisine and all of that is no greater than some random German person's cultural cuisine. Yes. Now, yeah. there's cultural practices like that. Like you said, genital yeah. manipulation. If you steal, you get your hands cut off, yeah. stoning, stuff like that. That's barbaric, and that's medieval. Yeah. And that definitely doesn't work. There's a reason that, like, you know, those parts of culture have gone away. You yeah. know, that we've moved past those because we've realized it's really stupid, and it's yeah. not the best way to and, do stuff. And yet they still persist in some parts of the world. Yeah. Exactly. Which is bizarre in itself. But the best way itself. is not to de- bomb them into democracy. No, no. Or, no just... or to ship, you know, 20 million of them into a country and just be like, have fun. You know? Yeah. Just dump them in the middle of Dresden and I, expect them to... I also feel like it's culture. necessary, though, because, the, the you know... I, I see what the government, the German government's... I, um, I, think the, I think their intentions are good, but their executions Well, they don't have their, their birth rates low. No. It's really low. And see, that's why they're... It's, in, and that's, that's why, why they're, they're infusing this people. is, because they don't have the birth rate All to sustain... All those people from, like, the Middle East, when they come in, culturally, they're having, like, six kids. Yeah. And they're pumping Germans into Germany. Yeah. There's a reason why most of the German national football team is mostly of Turk- Turkish descent. Or yeah, there's really a lot of Turks in Germany. There's an incredible amount of Turks in Germany. So and the Germans have a caste system, too, a sort of caste system, that if you were born in Germany to non-German parents, you're a... Uh, you're not really a German, are you? No, you're a, like a green card alien. Oh, so really? You? It's not like the United you States. You don't have it's birthright not, citizenship. Ooh, I didn't know that. See, what I think, I think 
have to I Google that. I think that system but... is awful. But I also don't think the American system is good. Because we have birthright <clears throat> citizenship that if you're born in the United States on American soil, you're American. So you have that whole birthright, uh, yeah. birth tourism, citizenship tourism kind of stuff going on. Canada has one that if one of your parents is Canadian, no matter where you're born, you're eligible for Canadian citizenship. Yes. I, that, I thought... makes, that makes much more sense because then you cut out like the kind of situations they have like in Texas where they'll have you know, people from poor people from Mexico drive across the border and their pregnant wife is about to go into labor and they park in a, you know, hospital parking lot, wait till sure water breaks. And then they have to give her medical yeah, care do. because it's the Hippocratic oath. And so then suddenly their kid is an American citizen and they have the entire right to be here. Well, they, their kid has the right to be here, but because they're an infant, their parents yeah, they, do they as have, well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. And that's, it's, it's man is, it's the, so these issues, these issues are so incredibly complex. There's so many dimensions and I mean, so many levels. Whole, it's I guess my thing, like when I look at now, you know, now I look at government. I don't look at it as like, I I guess, growing up, you know, you look at government as like government's the top, government is the control, right? I look at government now, as I'm older and a little bit more like learned, that government is nothing more than a cartel they're a group of people that are represented by a banner no more than like a company with a logo they control a swath of land inside imaginary lines that they keep control of but they're no different than like an insurance business that controls a territory in their market yeah i mean the only difference between the insurance company and the government is the government has an army <clears throat> you know it's a very interesting perspective. I've yeah. never really looked at it like that. That's kind of I. I always say that governments are jumped up cartels with with banners. <laughs> I I look at, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. When line. you look at it that way, that's when I start thinking, well, government's bullshit. It's just about. It's kind of like how you look at. They always talk about like, or you always watch those like post-apocalyptic movies, yeah. right? You look at like the new Mad Max movie. What was the name of the guy that was the no the clue. king like he was the king and he controlled the uh what do they call them? the silver boys or whatever i don't remember i should know this but he's nothing more than the american government he's one person who's rose to power and controls he's just like the huts the job of the huts you know yeah star wars yeah yeah <laughs> i mean the huts are what they're a cartel that they control trade and political systems on different planets and systems and things that's no different than a federal government who controls trade in land in media in different play think of a system as a or a system or a planet as a state and you have a cartel that controls the area yeah that's yeah. kind of i've always looked at it that way that it's like there's no difference between like say like the columbia national government and FARC. just FARC hasn't come to power yet if FARC comes to power, they're the Colombian government. I have no idea what FARC is. That the, is that the rebel group? Yes. Okay, okay yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with yeah. you 100%. Or I like... Just... Or like um, Didn't they just sign a uh, ceasefire? I thought they did. They signed... They, I think they signed a tentative ceasefire, and then they had a public referendum, and they yeah. voted it down. Okay. Be for some that's reason, I don't 50, remember That's what. like the longest ongoing war. One yeah. of the longest ongoing yeah. wars. Well, I mean, world. it's like how you look at countries that are like Iraq, right? is a good example. You had the Ba'ath Party control Iraq with Saddam Hussein for, what, 30 years? We roll in, we kill them all, even though they were our puppets to start. We kill them all. We put, you know, al-Maliki, the new guy in. 
he's just another dictator. Really? He's just another but he's our friend. He's, well, yeah, he's our friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're making me depressed, dude. <laughs> See, that's, that's why I've become sort of... I'm this weird nihilist that, like, I think everything will work out good. I, th- I, think, yeah, I think everything but will work out for at the good. same time, I think it's also it's a really good perspective, at least for the way that my brain works, that, like, nothing... It was explained to me once, this is, quote, that it's actually from... Uh, did you ever see the show Dollhouse? No. It was I can't a Joss, Joss Whedon show. He wrote Buffy the Vampire Slayer okay. and Firefly. Is that if nothing that we do matters, then all that matters is what we do. Exactly. So my vote won't matter. I will still vote because maybe it will. You know, my everyday life probably won't have a large effect on everything. But by me being a good person and putting good energy and good things into the world, you know, maybe that'll inspire somebody or push somebody to do something. You know? That's 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 what, what I believe, too. Is... I don't have the perspective that I think that me, one little person, can change the world. But I think that I can sure as shit help. You can you know? be the change you wish to it's, see exactly. in the world, which is what it's Gandhi kind of, it's said. It's kind of like accepting that, you know, what I do doesn't matter in, to an extent. Because eventually everyone's going to die. I can't take anything in the world with me to wherever I go, whether it's nowhere or to heaven or whatever. You know, I don't know. I do believe in God, but I don't know if I believe as far as... I don't know what the afterlife would be, if there is one. I just got you. You are... You are a chatty Cathy, dude. I I love it. I am. You brought... you, You... We just brought up... We got to God. Yeah. How did we get there? I get really philosophical. I get, I get, I'm an incredibly philosophical person. I'm like a diesel engine. I'll start, you know, and then I get going (laughs) and I'll just go. Um, We are, we, 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 we all are going to die at some point. Exactly. And none of this, you're right, nothing that we, we create or do really, I mean, it doesn't matter in the end because we're dead. But no, no matter how much. But in the same way, the only, if that, if nothing matters, then all that matters is what I do. Exactly. It's who I, you know. But a lot of people, you know, I get, a lot of people fall victim to these, I need to make more money. Mm -hmm. I need to have the biggest house. I need to. See, I think that's where people. One second. These are all traps. Yeah. They're all traps. And all that matters really is being happy and promoting as much positive thought and and behavior and, and helping people when people when like when you talk about money when people become obsessed with making money and being rich money becomes less money all money is is a tool to get where you want or do what you want yeah whether it's good or bad or hobby or goal or whatever i think that's people like you look at people that especially like it's unfortunate the hip-hop world has that but it, it makes sense why they do because hip-hop came out of poverty yeah you know an oppression so money <coughs> people look to money as like that's your way out you know that's your safety so people money becomes less a tool and more of like the golden god the idol you worship money you want money money makes you happy money gives you everything money all money will do is buy me food and somewhere to live yeah you know and sure, I might get a nice car and a cool computer, some video games, but money's not going to give me happiness. You know, faith in myself and the people I love, pe- the people I love, you know, my actions, that's what makes me happy. You know, not some, you know, earthly creation that has no meaning in reality. Exactly. Well, man, listen, we're probably over on time. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But I what do you have... Um... A few things. One question I must ask you. Okay. 
Do you believe in Bigfoot? Absolutely. Yes. Unabashedly, 100%. Why? It makes no sense to me. And it makes no sense to me that anybody can come to this part of the country, this part of the world. How many towns are there in this, like, in a 50-mile radius? No idea. Four, maybe? Maybe? And there's, and it's not like it's just cornfields in the middle. It's straight-up wilderness. There are parts of the Cascades I'm sure people have never been. No. It makes no, it makes perfect sense to me that an animal could exist. I know it could. Like it was. I say this. I, I do. I do. I think they exist. I think so. I think it's plausible and I think it's likely, but I wouldn't guarantee it. No, but you can't say no. No, I would never say no to no. that. It's way too fun. I say it's this way every too fun show, and, it, and it's so it's so close minded to just think no, it's not possible. Then it's like okay, well look at just think about it. Why not? Look how much wilderness there is. I'm, I'm trying to get a guy that's going. Um, I'm in the pro. I've got some really good. I'm really excited for the upcoming show, folks. Uh, I'm sitting down with the amb- ambassador Thomas Graham on November second. I'm going to drop that one early. I've been looking forward to this for months. I've got uh, some documentary filmmakers that are just coming back from Malaysia. We're going to talk about their their material, and I have uh, Dr. James Cassie is going to come on November tenth. We're going to talk about a vast universe below your feet. So there are some oh, crazy cool. things that are going to hopefully blow our minds, especially with Dr. Thomas Graham, with the deteriorating relationships between the United States and Russia. Woo! I'm jacked for that show. Um, real quick, man, I want you to go plug yourself, bro. Like, well, tell, tell people where they can find you, listen to your music, all yeah, that. Yeah, well, you can listen to my music. I'm Ethereal Delusions. I'm on Spotify. I'm on SoundCloud iTunes, everywhere that you would buy or listen to music. Um, I'm also part of a trio called Holy Shannon. We are currently only on SoundCloud, but we are moving towards getting more material out and getting more material into stores and things. Uh, I am a visual artist as well. You can find my work at etherealdelusions.com slash portfolio. Uh, I have a radio show on KBVR. 88.7 88.7 FM here in Corvallis, but we also stream live on kbvr.com slash listen. I host a show called Good Music every Friday at 8 p.m. for an hour. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Ethereal Delusions. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Quixotic, B- uh, Quixotic BP Moose. And just Google Ethereal Delusions and you'll find me. I dominate that. I will, yeah, I will put that. I'll also on put. YouTube. I also put you in the show notes. So you send me the link, email me the link, so yeah, I'll get a, link it up on the show notes. Yeah. So everyone, I feel like we got to call this part one. We've part one. No, we're to gonna cover. have to do a lot more yeah. podcasts, definitely. Um, guys, again, everyone that listens to the show, really appreciate you guys uh, letting me stream my consciousness to you. You make it happen. You keep me motivated. Everyone's motivating me. I know it's been a while since I posted. I'm sorry. I'm just. It's so annoying. It's so hard to get interviews. Like I said again. I'm learning. This is going to get better. Hopefully, this will check out the sound quality, and uh, hopefully, it's at that pro level. Sure, it will jacked be about that. Uh, love you guys. Stay inquisitive, motherfuckers. Yeah. Thank you, Rick. I'm glad. Thank you for having me on. No problem, I'll brother. Be anytime. Back soon. Love you guys. Peace. Hey, Infinity Break fans. Do you want to show your support and devotion for an extremely obscure group of entertainers? Well, now you can. Just go to our website at infinitybreak.net and click on the shop tab to be whisked away to our Redbubble, where you can find all sorts of awesome shirts, stickers, notebooks, and other gadgets decked out with icons from all of our most popular shows. Act now, because that stuff will be there forever.